Okay, so the end of Parshas Vayechi this week, uh, after it finishes, you know what we do when they finish the whole the whole book of Torah? You know what everyone screams out? Chazak, chazak, venischa. Very good, exactly, very good. Chazak, chazak, chazak. That's they said, end up when they read the, finish the last words of the first book of the Torah. So um, uh, the question is, why do we say that? So, Chaim Chaim uh, Vodach. So, the reason we say that at the end of the. Want to join us? Yeah, I'm considering Okay. So, we finish the last words of the, of the Torah and we say Chazak, Chazak, Chazak. Why do we say that? So, it says in the Talmud that when Yehoshua finished his mission, God told him Chazak. Chazak means to be strong. So, whenever you finish something, then Hashem tells you, be strong. That's in general, whenever you finish something. So therefore, whenever you finish a book of Torah, you finish any project, the, the, the minog, the custom is, they tell the person to be strong, to be, to be encouraged, keep on going. You did something now. I know you saw a lot of living Torah last night. You saw living Torah last night? Living Torah last night was unbelievable. Uh, I was talking about how the Rebbe would constantly encourage people not to be satisfied where they were. And, uh, and the kind of... Uh, like, like one person that was telling him how happy he is with what he was doing. It's amazing, right? And then they ever said, but and then and they, they were switched gears. They were leaning forward. But how could a person be happy with himself? <laughs> Someone, Gemara says, if you have hundred dollars, you want two hundred. If two hundred, you want four hundred. So if you did this, you have to raise your. Another guy, he came by the Rebbe and he told the Rebbe that, um, he told the Rebbe what he's doing and he's doing everything he can. This was the um, Bamzer, Olvashon. He's doing everything he can. Now he wants Rebbe's blessing. Never said these words, more or less. The fact you're telling this to me, why you're telling this to me if it was all done? The fact that it's coming to me is, is because, so I, so I could tell you to do more. If it's coming to that. Anyways, so um, that was the theme, how I, Hashem gives a person strength to whatever they, can, they need to do. But it helps you when someone like stands by you and holds your hand and says, be strong. That's what we do when we finish a book of Torah. Okay. But the fact that we say those words in connection with the last words of Parshas Bereshis, that since everything in Torah is precise, there must be some strength that we derive specifically from the last words of the, of the book. But the question is, the last words of the book of Parshas Bereshis seem to be very down, right? Like, you know, you know at Rambo, whenever someone passes away, even if it's a yard site of 20 years, after 20 years of yard site, you know what Rambo says? He goes over to the person by the Kiddush and he says, I'm sorry for your loss, right? He, said the 20, 20, he feels, he feels the... Anyway, so Yosef passes away. You know what we say after Yosef passes away? Yosef passes away and he's put in an ark in, in, in a casket in Egypt. They all say, Chazak, Chazak, be strong. Why, 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 why be strong? What, what is that? How does that give us strength? Especially, it seems that Yosef being buried in Egypt is a real, is the opposite of a good thing for many reasons. Not only is his passing not a good thing, but the Torah says that... Um, but Yaakov, the Yaakov, in the beginning of this week's parasha, Yaakov asks Yosef, please swear to me that you're going to take my remains to Israel. Yaakov didn't want to remain in Egypt. And here Yosef remains in Egypt. And, uh, and, and not only does he remain in Egypt, but he's going to be in Egypt for 210 years more, another 40 years wandering in the desert. So for such a long time, he's going to be stuck there in Egypt. And yet we say this is a, something, which, something which gives us strength. How does it give us strength? So, huh? Yudakasha? Hope? Huh? Hope? 
he passes away. Yaakov swears to Yosef, please, he makes Yosef swear, please take my remains out of Egypt. I don't want to be in Egypt. And the conclusion is how Yosef is stuck there in Egypt for the next, next 250 years. He's not going to be brought there to Israel. What's the, what's the message for us? What's the strength we're supposed to take out of that? It's sort of like, it sounds like, I mean, it's just taking a little step away from the he passed away. It sounds like he was some terrible person. Be strong. It's great. What, what's going on? So it says in the Gemara of Edizara that the book of Bereshis is called the book of the upright, the book of the Yeshon. Why is it called the book of the upright? So it says because it talks about the, the, the chronicles of our forefathers. What's the word? Yeshon. Who were called upright. Upright means that they were honest people, they were good people. And uh, uh, straight, straight people. And the book of Shemois, the Ramban says at the end of Parshas Bakuda, he says the book of Shemois is called the book of redemption, the book of Geula. So, Geula, in order to have Geula, you have to have Gauls first. As long as our forefathers were alive, there was no, um, there was no concept of real exile. That's what the word upright or straight means. In Kabbalah, straight doesn't just mean that straight means like a geometric line in a geometric line the beginning of the line and the end of the line or I think in geometry actually lines don't end whatever but it's all the same things don't, things don't stay the same so in a similar way Avram um, and Yaakov they were straight how are they straight they were the same way in this world as they were in they were straight they, they weren't changed and not only were they in this world as they were in Eden, but even within this world itself when Yaakov goes to Mitzrayim Yaakov is able to be a Mitzrayim the same way as he is in Eretz Yisrael. As uh, the famous story of Tzimach Tzedek, he asked Alter Rebbe, how could it be that Yaakov's best years were in Mitzrayim? Yaakov is living in Mitzrayim, that those were his best years. And Alter Rebbe said that because Yaakov sent Yehuda there before to set up a yeshiva, and there you know, they learned Torah, therefore Yaakov is able to be alive in Mitzrayim. So Yaakov is straight in the sense that there's no difference between he where he's in Ganadin, where he's in this world, where in Egypt, doesn't matter. He's with Hashem, he's with the Torah, he's straight. So Yaakov doesn't experience real exile. On the contrary, when the Jews are in exile in, in Egypt, as we just read in the uh, last yesterday, that they lived in the best part of Egypt, they weren't enslaved, enslaved. they were living the life in Egypt, they were living the best life of, of Yaakov in Egypt. So not only does Yaakov not endure hardship, but on the contrary, in Yaakov's life, you see how a Jew is above the exile. There is no exile for a Jew. When does exile begin? Exile only begins, only begins when the forefathers pass away. Not only when the forefathers pass away, but as we're going to read in today's, in today's Chitas, when Yosef and his brothers and the whole generation dies, that's when the exile begins. Because Yosef is also a continuation of Yaakov. He's not, it says that El tells Yaakov Yosef, Yosef was the essence of Yaakov, and he expressed what Yaakov was all about. So just like there can't be any real exile while, uh, while Yaakov is alive, so too there's no exile while Yosef is alive as well. As long as Yosef is alive, there's no real exile. Exile begins after the whole generation dies. That's when exile can start. What's the purpose of the exile? The purpose of the exile is... The rule in Kabbalah, in Yiddishkeit, the rule of life is soon, by vice versa, 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock shachet. Have some coffee, coffee koshere. Chele chele koshere. Chele chele chube. Different flavors. What kind of flavors do we have today? 
So, so, um, I mean, Chaim. The whole purpose of the descent in Egypt was to reach a higher place. That means that not only should they be after they go through the exile of Egypt the same way they were before they went to Egypt, but they should be reached to a higher place. What was a higher place? The purpose of the exile of Egypt was to get the Torah. And that means they received something far greater than they ever could have gotten had they not gone through the Egolus. So the, the, so the book of Shemais, which talks about a real descent, a real hardship, it's also about, not just about hardship, it's also about a real revelation, the greatest revelation. By going to Golas, you have Geula. You can't have Geula, you can't have redemption without Golas. So the book of Shemais is the book of Geula, and the book of Bereshis is the book of the Yesharim, the book of the Tzadikim, the book before the Golas, the book that's about how we are above the Golas. So there is a problem, though. Yes, it's nice that when you go through a Golas, you end up coming out of the Golas with the great wealth as the Torah says, you shall leave, Hashem promised Avram, your children will be strangers in a strange land, but then they're going to come out with great wealth. It's great to have the wealth, but uh, how do you endure the whole exile till you get the wealth? So the conclusion of the book of Bereshis is about the strength that we need to do the job in Egypt. What was actually the job in Egypt? It says when Hashem made the world, there was, uh, the world was desolate and empty, and the spirit of Hashem, the spirit of Elohim, was hovering over the water. So the word hovering, Merachefes, is made up of two words. Rapach meis. Rapach means 288. And meis means died. There's 288 sparks. And these 288 sparks died. What does, mean, what does that mean? In Judaism, death isn't um, the way it's understood in the, in the simple sense. Death means, in Yiddishkeit, the separation of a light from a vessel. So there were 288 sparks in the world of Teh. And these 288 sparks, because there were 288 sparks in the, in the world of Teh. Why Dafka 288 specifically? Yeah. And these sparks, when Hashem made the world, the first Hashem made the world of Teh. Huh? Okay, good question. So, so Chesidus gives the analogy of, um, of a word, the word Baruch. The word Baruch has four letters. Beis, Reish, Vav, Chav. So, um, when you have all the four letters together, you have something beyond the energy of each letter. Each letter has a meaning. When you have the letters together, you have the word, which the word means blessed. But when the word is broken up, then you lose the energy of the, of the word, and you only have the, the letters. And when the word is broken up, not just in separating the letters, but you break up the word and you cut up those slices of the base, and you cut up like a part of the base, and a part of the race, and a part of the vav, and you cut up into many pieces, so not only do you not have the, um, the original energy of the word, and you don't have the energy of the letters, you only have tiny bits of energy, which are all confused energy. So, the world of Teyu, since, just for a second, what happened in the world of Teyu? The world of Teyu, Hashem made ten spheres, as, as Hashem made in the world of Atzilus. The, the problem in the world of Teyu was that the spheres were, were a little bit, in our language, in our plants, would say they were arrogant. Each spheres said, I have to be the only sphere. Only Chesed said, I should be king, all this should be his Chesed. Gvura said, all this should be his Gvura. There was divine godly energies, the energy of Hashem of Chesed, the energy of Hashem of Gvura, very holy things, but there was an inner, there was, the issue was in their, in their sense of it has to be my way, no other way. 
Siddhas talks about this uh, clip called Ru'uma. You ever met Ru'uma? Talks about the wives of uh, Asaph. Ru'uma means look how bottle I am. Look, ma means to be bottle, to be dalt to Hashem. Look how nullified I am. So in Tayyu, there was some sense of that. Chesed is the way to go. Gvur is the way to go. It sounds like the students of Rabbi Kiva a little bit. Anyways, so because of their, their uh, disagreement, so there was a shattering of the vessels. The vessels were stronger, than the, the, the light was stronger than the vessels could handle. And the light became scattered in the millions of shards of vessels that, were, uh, that, that, that originated from the first 288 sparks of Tayyip. These sparks are the source of every physical thing in the world. Every physical thing in the world has its nourishment from the sparks of Tayyip. But just like the, the, in the analogy of the word, you, 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 the, the, a shard of the letter Resh is very far from the word Baruch, so the godly energy, as it descends through, the, through this explosion of the world of Tayyip, and it goes from world to world to get to this world, is very different to its original divine origin. And therefore, Hashem tells us to go into Gullus. says in the Gemara, Hashem told us to, to go into Gullus, or they should be converts. And al says, if you measure the amount of converts we have in history, it's not really worth it. So al says, it doesn't really mean converts, it means to convert the sparks back to their source. To elevate the sparks back to the Yonatan, Malinger, and... I don't think you have to you have to elevate any sparks. You're beyond elevating sparks. You're at tzaddik. You have a different way of elevating sparks. But other regular people, we just drink our teas and our coffees. And hopefully, think the right thoughts. We elevate the sparks to a higher level, back to their source, and even higher than their source. So it says, when the Jews left Egypt. They left with the of Rav. The Eid of Rav got a bad rap. What's the Eid of Rav mean? There were the mixed multitude of people of the Egyptians who wanted to join the Jews. But according to Kabbalah, Eid of Rav was a really good thing. Eight of Rav means Rav is numerically equivalent to 202. 202 sparks of the 288 original sparks that came to the world that have to be elevated by our being in Egypt for, seven, for, for 210 years, we were able to elevate 202 of those sparks. There's 86 sparks that were left. And the rest of the exile, until the time that Rebbe said that all the sparks that need to be elevated were elevated in our time, so all the sparks are elevated, but from at that time, only 202 sparks were elevated. How are they supposed to do their job of elevating those sparks? Where did that come from? How did they get, that, they get the ability? So that's the Torah concludes that Yosef was buried in Egypt. Yosef being buried in Egypt doesn't only mean that he was uh, stuck there in Egypt. It was really Hashem wanted him to be buried in Egypt. It says in the Medrash that whenever the Jews traveled, they had the Shekhinah with him. How did they have the Shekhinah with him? Because the Aaron of Yosef, because the Ark of Yosef was with him. When the Ark of Yosef was with them, that's how they were able to uh, withstand the difficulty in, the, in exile. So, so, so that's the meaning of Chazak. Yes, we're going to, into exile, but we're not going alone. There's something there's that Tzadik was with us. That's also the reason the Rebbe says that the previous Rebbe chose to be buried in America. He chose to be buried in America because he wanted to be buried in a place that's with his Chassid. Now the obvious question is, that's what the Rebbe said. The obvious question is, he's with the Chassidim who are in New York. He's not with the Chassidim who are in Israel. He's not with the Chassidim who are in, uh, all over the, in Los Angeles. He's in New York. So why, what's the meaning of him being buried in New York to be together with his Chassidim? What does that even mean? So I heard from Rabbi Darren. I don't know. I think it's his, his original thought. I don't know where it comes from. Uh, he, he said it was like this. He said a very fa- fascinating thing. So being buried in Israel, or this live, the, 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 the country of Israel, is an elevated and a holy place. If, if the tzaddik is buried in Israel, what that means is, is you have to go to a higher and holy place to be with the tzaddik. You have to leave where you are to go with the tzaddik. 
being buried outside of Israel, it doesn't matter where, that means that the tzaddik is buried in your place, where you are, and you don't have to rise above your scenario in order to approach the tzaddik. In other words, you might, the Rebbe Rashab said these famous words, he says, I'm going to heaven and I'm leaving my writings to you, right? Now, that's obvious. If you go, if he's, when he, before he passed away, he said, I'm going to heaven, I am leaving my writings with you. Obviously, if you're going to heaven, we're going to have his writings. Writings are physical. He's going to heaven. What did he mean? What he meant was that just like when I was alive, I was a shepherd of the Jewish people. I was responsible for the Jewish people. Uh, so to when I go to heaven, don't think things will change. What, what might you think that might change? The fact that the Rebbe takes care of spiritual things. Okay. He's, a, he's going to a spiritual place and he's going to assist us spiritually with our service of Hashem. That's not such a hard thing to, to comprehend. But the role of a tzaddik is not just about spiritual things. It says about Meishe Rabbeinu. Meishe Rabbeinu said, when Hashem told him that he has to give meat to the Jewish people, Meishe Rabbeinu said, how can I give them meat? Meishe Rabbeinu is the holiest of the holiest. How is he supposed to diminish his light and deal and, and say, okay, I'm going to all of a sudden become a waiter and he's going to be the, uh, the guy who's going to serve us all the quail. What does he even mean? But Hashem told Meishe, no, that, that's your role. Your role is you have to give them meat. So Hashem said, take the seven the elders and, and your light will be filtered in a, in a way that can be transferred to give to support the physical sustenance of all the Jewish people. The Rebbe once said to someone in the audience, I heard this from Ray Duba from Princeton, he said, the Rebbe said that all the hashpois, all the vine flow, all the chassidim, ruchnius and gashmius goes through this room, goes through the Rebbe's room. Anyways, so... Um, so Moshe Rabbeinu's role isn't only about supporting Jewish people spiritually, he's also the one who brings them the mana, and he brings them the, not just the mana, but brings them the, their mistaken request of the, of the Islav, also comes to Moshe Rabbeinu. So in a similar way, the role of the tzaddik is not just meant to give the Jewish people a strength spiritually, he's meant, he's meant also to give them blessings physically. So, so therefore, the Friedrich chose to be buried outside of Israel so that so that he is not just in touch with us in, 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 when we're in an elevated Israel-like state, but even when we're in, our, in a lower state. But it doesn't mean, by the way, that, that the, the, the tzaddik's place is in, is in a similar level to outside of Israel. It says, it says in, in Yaakov wanted to be buried in Israel. Why? One of the reasons he wanted to be buried in Israel was because um, even though he, know, he knew that Mashiach will come, everyone will come to Israel, but it says that the way they go, to, the, the way that everyone's, the, those who are passed away trans, are transferred to Israel is through these, these, um, I know the right word is, uh, but there are these like caves that extend from wherever Jews are buried outside of Eretz Israel, and they will open up and allow everyone to go to Eretz Israel. So Yaakov didn't want to go through that pain of going through the tube, whatever it is, that tube ride to Israel. So they want to be buried in Israel. The Rebbe said that if there's a part outside of Eretz Yisrael that's attached to Eretz Yisrael, if there's an attachment there, so the Allah then grants the place that, that, that where the tzaddik is now also to be like Eretz Yisrael. So it's more like the tzaddik is bringing his holiness and Eretz Yisrael's holiness down to where you are. It's not like he's, he's, he, that he's missing something from, that we're missing something. When you go into, to visit the, the Ohel, you are going to Israel. You're going to the very holy place. You're going to the, to, to the holiest place. So, so that's the meaning of Chazak, Chazak, Vedas, Chazak. By the Tzaddik being there in, in the place of Golos, with the Jews in Golos, he is giving us strength to uh, do our mission. And that's what we say, Chazak, Chazak, Vedas, Chazak, emphasizing that we recognize and we get strength from the Tzaddik being with us in Eretz Yisrael. And where we are in Golos, until, but we're not satisfied with that. 
as as uh, ya- Yaakov begged and screamed and asked and screamed, but he made use of swear, take me out of Egypt. So too, we we turn to Abishter and we say that yeah, it's great that the Tzaddik is with us, etc. But um, we want to leave him inside. We want to we're not stuck in here. There's a beautiful medrash about a king who had a daughter, and the daughter got married to some prince, and the prince wanted to take the king's daughter with him back to where he lived. But the king said, I can't let go of my daughter. I also can't ask you not to take your wife, but I have a request. Wherever you go, make a little attic, a little room for me wherever you go so I can always come visit. So it says in Medish, the daughter is the Torah, we are the prince. And Hashem says, yeah, you have to take the Torah wherever you go, but I want you to make a room for me. Which means that we should be conscious of, we should think about the giver of the Torah. Because Hashem likes the Torah or because Hashem likes us? Because Hashem loves the Torah and because Hashem loves us. That's why He gave us the Torah. He gave us His daughter because He loves us. And He wants us to bring into His daughter to, what His daughter is about. His daughter is about Him. Anyway, so, so the Rebbe said there's two things, two, two different occasions. The Rebbe spoke about um, the power of studying teachings from the Rebbe himself. So, on many occasions, but two, I want to make two points today. Uh, the first point is like this. Deb asked, how is it possible a Jew might ask that you want me to keep termitzvahs in Golis? And not just to keep termitzvahs, but to act like a chassid. There's so many things that a chassid has to do that's beyond the, the limitations of, of where things are. If I was you know, living in a time I could see the Rebbe physically, and the Rebbe is un v'tumim, and the Rebbe tells me the word of Hashem, it's clear. But how am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to be doing and uh, if it's not, without, without even seeing the Rebbe. So the Rebbe said that this, that's the point of this Medrash. The Medrash is saying to us, you learn the Torah of the Rebbe. And you're not just learning the Torah, but you learn the Torah in a way, as we learned the setting yesterday's Tillam. Yesterday's Tillam, it says how uh, a person should only go with an image. And the Medrash explains that whenever you see the words of a tzaddik, it's a picture of the tzaddik standing next to you. Not just you're saying the words of a tzaddik, it's a picture of the tzaddik standing next to you. In Parshasir A, Tashman Vav, I just heard this when I was in Seattle. Uh, I heard it from someone who was by this Febrega. I'm always curious about this Febrega. The Rebbe said, When you hear it, when you learn a kutasichas, you want to talk from the Rebbe, it shouldn't be that you're hearing something that someone said a long time ago. It should be that you feel the leader of our generation standing next to you and saying to you, go and do this. You're reading the subtitles. Huh? And you're reading the subtitles. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't read the subtitles. Here the Nasiya there. So this guy told me that after he said the next week, when he went on his weekly Mivtsayim route to put on phone with people, before he walked into any store, he was thinking, the Rebbe is here. He's talk- and it was a whole different experience, not just for him, the people he went to. And, and that week, twice as many people that ever went to put on Tefillin. It's all so different. It's a whole different thing. So that is the, uh, that's the power that Tzadik gives by, by um, when you learn the Torah of Tzadik, you get the power of the Tzadik in a different kind of way. Similar thought. It says a Meshach Rabbeinu, or another thought. So that's how the Tzadik gives his power even in Golas. True. But I want to say one more point and let you go. It says, Teira Tzibalonu Meshach. Teira was commanded to us by Meshach. Teira is numerically equivalent to 611. Because Meshach Rabbeinu told us 611 commandments. Which ones didn't he tell us? He didn't tell us the first two commandments. The first two commandments, believing in God. Don't believe in idols. We didn't hear from Meshach, we were from God. So on the surface, when you learn Teira, all you get is 611. What if you have issues with the first two? What if you have issues with faith? 
But they have issues with the most fundamental things. So the Rebbe said that by studying the Torah, not only do you have 611, by studying the Torah, even though Torah is evil and omission, therefore you should only get 611, but through the Torah, even if you're not conscious of the giver of the Torah, you're not thinking of the giver of the Torah, but the very fact you're studying the Torah of a tzaddik, that itself connects you and, and feeds and builds your fundamental connection to the Ebishter, to where you're supposed to be. The Torah itself, the luminary in Torah itself, does something for you. So number one, you get that energy especially when you're conscious of it. But number two, even if you're not on that level of, of thinking about Torah in that way, studying the Torah of the Tzaddik itself connects you uh, to the Tzaddik and to the Ebishter and feeds your amun in, in where we need to be. L'chaim, l'chaim. Questions or comments? Okay.